Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither whatever they do prospers. Are you in? All right, let's grow together. God bless you. Have a seat. Right now, I'm in a kind of a different series of messages entitled, My Church, My Home. And uh, just, you know, just a reminder, your church is not really, church is not an obligation. It's simply a place where you belong. Church is coming home. So I want to say welcome home today. Uh, we have some cool things coming up here in the next three weeks. Uh, three, Actually, three weeks from today, I have a special message called Politics, God, and Church. Y'all going to go, ooh. Come on, get, get, I got to give me a response here, okay? I have a message. Just take two, all right? A message in three weeks called Politics, God, Church. Oh, yeah, we're going to tackle it. Actually, I'm going to take a very controversial subject, and I'm going to answer some questions such as how did Jesus deal with political issues? Hey, simple. Uh, what were, how did he deal with political positions and political leaders? Uh, what, actually, here's a big question. What is God's political strategy? Does he have one, and it doesn't exist? Uh, it does. And, and here, here's another one is what is a biblically healthy approach to politics? So, so if, and if you think that I, that you've got it all figured out what I'm going to say, you probably don't. So, but just be here because this is all Bible based, Jesus focused. And so we're going to talk about that. It's going to be a lot of fun. I, I'm going to have a lot of fun and I know you will too, but you got to be here to hear this message. And the truth is, you know, if we, if we really are a Bible based church and that we're Jesus focused, then how do we as a church um, behave ourselves in a very politically divisive culture. How do we? And that's what that Sunday's about. Also, guys, don't forget City Life Night. I really want you to be here. It's a night of impartation in God's Word, and it's a it's a big part of our culture. Uh, church is a place where heaven and earth meet together, and City Life Night is an important part of that. And and church is where we're strengthened and built up and filled and empowered and strengthened. And that's why I want you guys to be here at City Life Night. And I love church. I love church. Don't you? Yeah, all right. Hey, God bless you. Thank you so much. You know, what was set in motion 2,000 years ago by a, a son of a peasant man by the name of Jesus Christ, what was set in motion by that man is still happening today. People were set on this mission by Jesus and, and filled with God, filled with the Holy Spirit so that they could really make a difference in the world. And it has happened and it continues to happen. It's called the church. And I, I, I tell you guys, I love church. Church is not people. Uh, excuse me, church is not a building, but church is people. Church is definitely people. Uh, it, really what it is, it's a household. It's like a house, it, and, and we're really the building blocks. Uh, church is not some place where we all have to come together in intellectual agreement. It's funny because a lot of people think that, well, if you go to church, you all have to intellectually agree on everything, and, and you don't. I mean, come on. Hey, be honest with yourself. You don't even, even agree with yourself all the time. It's <laughs> not much more than everyone around you, so it's not a place of intellectual agreement, but church is a place of sharing life as a healthy, interactive family. And the truth is this, Jesus is in charge. And hear the words of Jesus, which is really lies the foundation for this. And I love this because he just really deals with it. And I think these are the words that Jesus is saying to every one of us today. 
He said this in Matthew chapter 11. He said, are you tired? Worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Then come to me and get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Jesus said, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn how to live freely and lightly. So, so you see this, church is about following Jesus and learning the ways of Jesus. Church is not a, a theater or it's not a, a form of entertainment. In fact, here, God is the audience. If you want theater and entertainment, the venues are all around you, right around here. But this is where we come together to worship God and God is the audience. It, it, I love it because church is a place where it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. Church is a place where our lives are transformed. Church is also a place of grace, yet at the same time, it's a place of truth. Those are the things that make church meaningful to me. Today, as I shared with you, we, we, things are a little different during this series, and I, I want you to meet some people today that I'm going to be talking to, and their names are John and Gail Snyder. John and Gail, I want you guys to come up here and join me on the platform. Will you guys give them a big round of applause? John and Gail, come on up. Come on up. Gail, good to see you guys. John, have a seat over here. Good man. Love these guys. You know, uh, John and Gail, y'all have been here at City Life, oh, about uh, a year and a half or so, a couple years or so-ish. That's yeah, close. Ish, something close. like that. Close. I'm sure you have the exact days all set, but uh, but it's, I, I love having you guys here. You, you emanate the life of God and the Spirit of God, and, and you're just, uh, one of the wonderful things I love about City Lifers is, is y'all are just normal people. You're real, you're normal, you're just down to earth, you're good, good people. Um, love you so much. Uh, love that. Uh, love Alex, who's who's here taking care of our audio today. Your son. He's he's an awesome guy who drives a cool car. And, uh, <laughs> and but it's it's a, it's just neat that, that you guys are here with us. I think it, I think actually truth is I think our church is honored to have you guys here. I really mean that. Um, I know this about you, which they may not know about you, but I'll just tell it about you. Is you guys are ministry folks. You guys have given your life to the, the ministry of God's word in one way or another by supporting it hands-on through, through your work, your occupation, and in your service in just so many different ways. And, uh, and the truth is, is that often goes unthanked. Sometimes people, you, sometimes we feel like nobody really knows. Of course, God sees it all, but I want to thank you. In fact, congregation, you don't know all that they've done in God's kingdom. I certainly don't know everything, but I know they've done a lot. Will you guys just give them a round of applause? Yeah, yeah. I don't know how much I appreciate it. Um, but, uh, but you guys, you guys came here and, uh, I'll never forget the first day, day you guys came in. I mean, you were, you were really broken. Um, you were going through a lot of pain and, 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 uh, it was a, it was a tough time for you. So tell me a little bit about this. What brought you to city life? How'd you, how'd you end up out here in the middle of downtown? I hate to say this, but it was the coffee. <laughs> no, like uh, literally in a way it was because I had been in this coffee shop before 
peeking through the curtain, curtains, saying, there's a church over there. I know that's a church, you yeah. know? And, and I thought, what a strange concept this is. And when things were messed up in our lives, she knows the first thing I said, well, we're gonna go down there and see what that's about. Yeah. And that's exactly what we did. Wow. Wow, Gail, what's your side of it? That's, that's it. A, yeah. a really close family friend actually told us about the coffee shop. And so we came down several times and he was anxious for an opportunity to come, but at the time we weren't released to come yet. Yeah, yeah. And so once we came here, we never looked anyplace else. Wow. So, okay, well, then, then why? Why, when you came here, you never looked anyplace else? Because you guys, you guys were, in a, were in a setting where there was, you were, you'd been doing ministry for a long period of time. I know that there was a church, church leadership transition and things, and it was just, it was a very, very, very awkward situation where you guys ended up needing to leave and, and no, of no fault of your own, of no fault of your own, but it was just one of those weird things that happened. Uh, then you guys are kind of caught in the middle of, um, and but you came here and you stayed here. Why? Why in the world would you stay around with us? Especially, you know, we were we were still trying to figure out which way was up, uh, trying to trying to get ourselves get our own feet under ourselves as a church back then. You looking at me or you? No, <laughs> um, I guess I would have to say, um, first of all, I was really ministered to when we first came because we had been through a difficult situation and the Lord just used Pastor Tim and the words that he spoke. It was like they were for me every Sunday. Wow. And for the first month, I cried through every service. But as I became involved and was asked to start to volunteer, which came really quickly, I realized that there are so many people here who are much younger than I who are so anxious to serve, and that really was refreshing to me. And I know the leadership group here has heard me say that before, but you have no idea what it means to be in a church where the young people are ready to jump in and do whatever they need to do because it's not that way everywhere. And so I commend you for jumping in and getting involved and giving those people who are new. If you've been here two Sundays, there's something for you to do. Yeah. And we need you. Yeah. Wow. I like that. I like that. And we're blessed. That's just one of those blessings that we have. John, why, why, did, why did you choose to hang your hat here and hang out here? Uh, changing churches for me is something that has happened very few times in my life. Okay? But there is a litmus test. It's very simple for me. Is Jesus the focus? Wow. You know? And if that's the case... You hitch your horse to that wagon and just stay with it. Yeah. You don't, you're not going, I mean, people want to search, shop around churches. You're not going to know anything about a church till you've been there six months. Yeah, that's true. That's so true. You, you go, you become a part of it, and you stay. Love you guys. I mean, those are such, what, you know, these guys are sharing not just some great ideas, but there's, there's a lot of, there's years of wisdom in what they're saying right here, too. And that's one of the things that I, I I like to lean into. We have we have developed as a as a church that is that is very multi generational. We have a lot of younger folks here in the church, a lot of twenty somethings, and, and that's a good thing. But uh, but at the same time, what's what becomes even more important to us, or more more critical for us, is to hear the wisdom that comes from those who have been down the road or run a few times uh, around the around the the track. And uh, and I thank that. I thank you guys for that.
John, why would you? Why is it important to have a church family? What you know, from your perspective, what would you say? Um, it's an extended family, from your own family, and in your own family, it's a comfort zone. Okay, if there's a conversation going on, you feel very comfortable with being a part of that conversation. More importantly, maybe if there's no conversation going on, you don't feel awkward. Yeah. Okay. You take the church family and extend that, that's what you need. You've yeah. got to have a comfort zone. Yeah. And you've got to have people that are there when you're having a good time. That's nice. But there's times you're in the hospital. There's times that things aren't going well. Mm -hmm. And I've heard it said up here on the platform, people talking about different. We don't share our struggles sometimes. Yeah. We've got to get comfortable with each other and become family. Yeah. And we need each other. Yeah, and family's real with each other. Yes. We're just, we just, we get real and raw with each other. We're with each other through the ups and downs. And that's what we want and strive for the church to be, not some phony show. Yes. Uh, I, I, I don't want that. Uh, Gail, um, if, uh, if you had someone approach you and say, why would I even want to be a part of a church, Gail? I don't, I don't like, like church. I don't need church. I mean, what would you say back to them? Church has been my life. Mm -hmm. And without it, I feel like there's something missing. Yeah. Because part of my connection with Jesus, who is my Savior, is that I serve. Mm -hmm. And that's how I, part of how I worship, yeah. is by serving. And for those people who don't have the experience of growing up connected to a church family, they have no idea what they've been missing. And I just would encourage them to connect to family and see how much bigger their family can be by having a church home. Awesome, awesome. John, uh, tell me about your relationship with Jesus. Uh, the number one thing in it is grace. Uh, there was a... You asked this question earlier. You said you were going to ask this question, and my mind was focused on a man that was here not long ago from Philadelphia. And I was listening to his testimony, and everybody was fascinated with all he's been through and how God saved him out of all of that. And I'm thinking, why would people listen to me? Because all I've ever known is this. But the, 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 the truth is, we're both the same. Yeah. You know, my story is the same as his. Yes. I needed grace. He needed grace. And Jesus is grace. Wow, beautiful. You, Gail, Gail tell, us, tell me about your relationship with Jesus. It's wrapped around my ability to be able to give back mm -hmm. and to serve. Mm -hmm. um, because like I said, church has been my life. Mm -hmm. And I want to help other people experience the mm -hmm. Jesus that I know. Congregation, let's let's pray right now. God, I thank you so much for John and Gail. I thank you for what I thank you for the life and the substance and just the just the depth that these two people bring to our congregation. God, we're blessed because you brought these two living stones to be a part of this body, this church, and we're grateful. God, bless them and all that they do. Keep your hand on them and let your light and your life just continue to pour into them and even pour right back out of them into the lives of others. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Amen. Will you guys give them a big round of applause? Thank you, guys. You guys, God bless you. God bless you, John. I love God's people. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome just to see how God's people are uh, just in the middle of everything that goes on around here. Because church is a place really of healing. Church is a place of healing from the inside out. It's really interesting. Jesus had a younger brother by the name of James. He had a little brother. And, and the little brother uh, came around, and, and he had actually a lot to say about living out your faith. And he says some stuff in James 5.13, which I'm going to look at here. He, he actually made it clear about how to function within the church. Basically, what he says is, is he lets us know, John uh, James says this in, in chapter five, he's basically is telling us that at church, it's okay to not be okay. <laughs> he lets us know that, but he also says in here that it's not okay to stay that way. He doesn't use that terminology. That's mine. But really here, he tells us how to act, what we should do based upon what's going on in our lives. I want you to look at this passage of scripture. Here's what he says. This is about church. Are you hurting? Pray. That's powerful right there. Do you feel great? Sing. Sometimes you might not feel great and you're in here, everybody's singing, but you don't have to sing. Just, just enjoy it. I like to sing. I, I actually, I find that sometimes when I'm not feeling great and I start to sing, it gets a whole lot better. Are you sick? Call on the church leaders to pray and anoint you with oil in the name of the master. Prayer in the name of Jesus is powerful. I mean, if, if there was a way I could do another interview today, I would... Uh, I would interview another wonderful couple here in our family that's, you were in the hospital all week, and your dad's still in the hospital. You guys are in the same hospital, way up in Decatur of all places, and and um, going through some tough stuff. We've got a lot of people in the church praying for you. You're back here today, and, and your dad, who was just totally unresponsive, doing really, really bad, he woke up yesterday and is is, is alive and vibrant and talking and is himself again, and, and, and it was awesome because some people from the church left what they were doing up the, down here, and they went up there, and they prayed with you and prayed for you. See, that's what church is about. That's what church family is about. It is. It happens here, too. We do this. That's what, that's what the prayer time's about. We, we have a set-up time for it, but we, we can do it any time. It says, believing prayer will heal you, and Jesus will put you on your feet. And if you sin, you'll be forgiven. So you're healed inside and out. James says, make this your common practice. Confess your sins to each other. That means be real with each other. <laughs> And pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. At City Life, we, we, just, we just choose to do what the Bible says. I love it. That's why we say we're a Bible-based church. We do this because it's really important that we do this because it causes us to engage with one another and to engage with God. And that's what makes church a healthy place to be. And this is my church, so this is my home. This is where I belong. Today, I have another person that's joining me on the platform, and her name is Alyssa McConathy. You're going to hear from her. Come on up, Alyssa. We want to welcome you to the platform. God bless you. Good to see you today. Yeah, come on over. Have a seat. Yeah, so Alyssa, Alyssa, you know, you've been, a, you've, you've been at City Life. Now, how long have you been here at City Life? 
A year. A year. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So so you just kind of like stumbled in here a year ago and said, oh, this, this, these guys are okay. <laughs> uh, well, tell me a little bit about it. What? Why? What? How did you find us, and what brought you here? Um, I was actually invited by some family friends. I don't know if she's here this service, um, Stephanie. Okay. And she, I went to church with her a long time ago. Yeah. Um, and I grew up in church. That that was my life. I it's just what I did every day. I was heavily involved and. Uh, I was out of church for like five years wow. after that. And they were like, oh, come to City Life. Every single week they'd be like, oh, come on, just do it, just do it. And I was like, you know what? No, I just don't, I don't want to. It's No, I'm kind of done with church. I was over church. Yeah. And one week I got a text from, from Stephanie and she was like, oh, hey, I'm gonna be there. Stephanie's friend, Stephanie, there's two of them. <laughs> they hang out a lot. The other Stephanie invited me yeah. and I was like, you know, I don't know. And so last summer was actually a really, it was a really dark time for me. Yeah. And I, I don't know what compelled me to do this, but I was like, I think, I think I'm going to try that church, not being in church for five years. That was a really hard decision for me to make. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I actually sat in the parking lot and I had a panic attack <laughs> and I'm not kidding. I was cussing God out in my car and I was like, I don't know why I'm here. I don't want to be here. And I was so angry. Um, and I prayed in my car, which I had done previously every day before I even decided to visit city life. Yeah. I said, if you really love me, I will not wake up in the morning. Yeah. And, um, I walked into church and the first thing I noticed, everyone was saying hi to me. And I was like, okay, that's cool. And, um, Amanda Pareto was the first person to ever talk to me in city life. Yeah. And I sat there and I said, God, if you want me here, if you want me in church at all, you're going to give me a sign mm -hmm. and don't ever pray for a sign y'all. Cause God's going to give it to you. And then you're just the whole service. I was bawling my eyes out mm -hmm. because it was your testimony of, um, suicide. And I, I, if I had not showed up that Sunday, I would have planned out how I was going to wow, die. Wow. And, um, so I sat there and I just bawled my eyes out. And it, it's so funny. The verse you just said, James five thirteen, was the verse you said over and over that first Sunday. I was really? There. Yes. Oh yes. Goodness. How perfect. Yes. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I'm sitting there, I'm crying. I'm like, this is, this is my sign. Yeah. So yeah. So that's, that's how I'm here. So I'm here today. Yeah. <laughs> so awesome. I love it. I love yeah. it. Uh, so, so you know somebody out there, somebody comes and talks to you and says, hey, why would I want to go to church? I don't know. But what, what would you say to them? Um, church is your family. Church is the only family you get to choose. You don't get to choose your parents. You don't get to choose your siblings. They're annoying. You don't like them all the time. And you don't even, you really don't like your church family all the time either. Yeah, well, but it's family. It's, it's family, but it's the one family you get to pick yourself. You handpick yeah. yourself. Wow. And you're like, if this is what, if I'm going to commit to this and do this, pick the right family. Wow. Because that's, that's really what got me through everything that's awesome. this past that's year. That's awesome. I, I love it. I love it. From cussing at God to coming in and, and now you're on the platform. And you're so, yeah, that's, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> I love that. Tell me what Jesus means to you. Um, Jesus is my foundation. Um, if it, I've been, I was saved at a very young age. I was four when I was saved. Um, I sat in my bed and my mom was like, do you want to commit your life to Jesus? And I'm like, yeah, he sounds cool. Um, and she, she was the one that introduced him to me. And if it was not for that foundation, I, 
I wouldn't have ever thought to come here. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. Wow. Thank God. Thank God. Thank and God. you come back to Jesus. And even though you were cussing at God, you were still talking to him. Yeah. He, was he, was like, he heard take. every word. Yeah. And the cool thing is God can take it. Yeah, yeah. And he does. And he said, okay, now go ahead and get up and go on in. He's like, go in. Hurry. Let's pray. Let's pray for Alyssa. God, I thank you so much that you brought Alyssa to City Life. And I thank you, God, that she is one of the living, breathing stones around here that makes us who we are. God, we would not be complete. We wouldn't even be ourselves today if it wasn't for what she brings. Just by her life and energy and the love of God and the presence of God and the gifts that she brings to the table. So Lord, continue to bless her and encourage her. And God, let her story be an encouragement to someone else who is doubting and who's, who's in disbelief and who's maybe cussing at God themselves. And just on the verge of suicide, God, let them know that you love them and you have a church for them in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, Alyssa. Thank you so much for being up here. Yeah, you're pretty awesome. Appreciate that. Appreciate it. Yeah, you know, I, I, I love that because one of, the, one of the favorite definitions that I have for the church, not that I have, it's actually in the scriptures, is the body of Christ. It's like the human body. Uh, we, we're all different. We have these different purposes. Uh, some of us are upfront and obvious, like myself. Other people are not so obvious, but they're just as essential. In fact, scriptures even say they're often more essential. It's an amazing picture of what the church is. And 1 Corinthians chapter 12 puts it this way. I want you to listen to this because this is beautiful. It says, just as a body, the one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ. So you see, we are actually the body of Christ. We're, when the church is together, we're actually like Jesus to the world. For we are baptized by one spirit, and so we form one body, whether Jews, Gentile, slave, or free. You might say, well, it's not many Jews people around here. It's really what he's saying here is it doesn't matter your ethnic background. <laughs> it doesn't matter whether slave or free. That means it doesn't matter your socioeconomic level. So I don't care. Basically what he's saying is it doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter what, how much or how little money you have. We're all one because it says, and we were given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but many. So now if the foot should say, well, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being a part of the body. <laughs> if the ear would say, well, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, well, if it would not be for that reason to stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the smell be? But in fact, God placed the parts in the body, and we're the parts, every one of them just as he wanted them to be. That's beautiful right there. If they're all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are, look at this, indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. That's what the church is about. Isn't that beautiful? So that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. You ever, you ever ha put your hammer on your finger and bam, your whole body hurts. 
That's because if one part suffers, we all suffer. So if one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles and gifts of healing and of helping and of guidance and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? See, we all do different things. But he says, eagerly desire the greater gifts. And he says, I'll show you a more excellent way, which is the way of love. You can jump into 1 Corinthians 13 and read the rest of that. I want to meet, I want you to introduce you to another person who really conveys the spirit of our church very well also. And his name is Jed Carpenter. Will you welcome Jed up to the platform? Come on, Jed, 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 Jed. Jed, yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, we, we saw Jed earlier. He was, he was the cool guy who was sitting up here chatting. A little bit ago, uh, Jed. Oh my goodness, Jed! I remember the first time you came to our church. You and you, 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 you were like, yeah, you were not happy that day. Uh, I just, yeah, but but you were here and and you came and hung out. And I remember I had coffee with you. I had coffee with you just like inside the, uh, yeah. the little coffee shop there, and and we had fun and talked and and uh, you you were a mess. You were a, yeah, really a big mess. Uh, that I was. Yeah, yeah. Um, you didn't like you didn't like church at all. In no, fact, you were, you not. Were not a, it's funny. I was just talking to Preston. I was like, the first Sunday I came, I sat on the front row, and I was just like, impress me, bring it on. Because <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be here. I don't like any of y'all. Like, bring it. <laughs> wow. Well, I told you this the other day. The Jed that I first met is not the Jed I know now. Thank um, you, Jed. I, you've. Uh, you, you, you basically said, forget church, forget all this. It's worth nothing to me, <laughs> basically. Mm-hmm. Why in the world did you stay around after being drug in here that one day? <laughs> well, initially, it was a good friend that kept dragging me in here. Um, he would bring me and, uh, to first service, and I'd sit in the coffee shop because I was like, I don't want to go in there. And then I'd get the courage to come in, and that happened for about three Sundays. And what kept me coming back was, uh, you know, I, I did not like church. And, I, and we've said that. And I, I come from a lot of uh, background that hurt me. And uh, I, you know, went, finally said I need to get back into church. And I started trying. And I just, every church I went to, I was like, this is why I don't like church. This is why I don't go. And um, I came here with the assumption I wouldn't like it. And I put up every wall that I could think of. And slowly but surely, the people here broke every wall wow. that I put up, wow. um, whether it be through um, just hanging out and having coffee or watching a football game or just you know, integrating themselves into my life and taking interest into me mm-hmm. and uh, loving me and um, accepting me. And you know, not whenever I'd, I'd share my story, you know, I've, I've done that at church before and people were like, oh my God, like, are you still saved? You know? And, and he, literally I got that question once. And, uh, on a mission trip, actually, and uh, <laughs> I was like, "Well, obviously, I'm here," you know. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's just the, the loving embrace. Like people just love me, and again, every wall I put up, it was broken by some person, some fashion, some form, and uh, you know, I just fell in love with the family here. I never thought that I would ever find that again. I thought I was a lost cause, and that I was, you know, just destined to kind of still believe in God and love God, but never really be a part of a family again. And, uh, well, you're 
you were your thoughts about what you were destined for were wrong and you're yeah. here and you're part of a family and we just we, we just love you you're again i can't imagine city life without jed it's just every person that sits up here is like wait you're you're a living stone here you can't just pull that stone out you're you're who we are you really are uh just just seeing the the life just the the transformation in in just what i see uh, you know we all we all present a um, kind of an aura, uh, just a just a, a glow about ourselves, and sometimes the glow is pretty dark. And and, and the glow that you had was no, there wasn't a glow to it at all when you no, first came around. Not at all. And, and again, but it's it's okay to not be okay, mm-hmm. but it's not okay to stay that way. And the good thing is, is, is you just the the change started happening over and over and over. I was like, wow, this this guy's just coming to life, and and it really really blessed my heart. Um, what, what was the turning point for you when you just decided, okay? I mean, I'm, I'm not going to just give this a spin. I'm going to jump in. What was the turning point for you? Ooh, um, to be honest, I had a lot to do with your son, Preston. Um, just becoming closer friends with him and uh, going to exchange. like Because uh, I kind of dabbled with coming here and then finally I was like, all right, I'll try out the young adults. And uh, going there and um, immediately just being accepted. And again, I, I go back to like, you know, the people here, the, the culture here, the community here, it, what, they, they didn't care about my story. And it's when I finally like, realized that like, they, they don't care about the past, they care about who I am right now wow, and, uh, and w- who I'm becoming. And it was you know, Preston kind of almost taking me under his wing, as you would, and uh, yeah. just being there and, and just the different leaders in exchange and, and here in the church, just like, we don't care about that. We like, you're here, you're now. And it was, I guess that was probably the summer mm-hmm. when that just clicked and I, was, and I just, and it's hard to put like a pinpoint of time, but it was this summer when I just realized like this is home, like yeah. this is family. And welcome home. Thank you. Now, what does Jesus mean to you? You know, you asked, you said that you're going to ask that, and uh, I was thinking, oh, I was like, oh God, that's like the one question I'm not prepared for because it's that's pretty broad for me because um, I look at my life through the, the different ups and downs and journeys. God's been so much, and Jesus has been so much uh, to me in a lot of tough times. And I think if I could say one thing, He's been my anchor. Yeah. Um, you know, I've gone through so many ups and downs and uh, really dark times where, you know, like Alyssa, I would literally pray. And I'm a very outgoing people person, but I would, like, sit at home by myself and be like, God, if you really love me, don't let me wake up tomorrow. Like, I'm done. Wow. And uh, during those, the toughest of times, all I ever heard God say, I love you and I'm here for you. Mm. And so, like, I say he's my anchor. Like, he's the one that's been there when nobody else was. Yeah. And um, that's who Jesus is. Beautiful. Beautiful. I'm glad you're part of City Life. I'm glad you're a living, breathing stone around here. You have a lot of life that comes out of you. And I just want to thank you for for letting that show. And and it was great seeing you up there on the platform, kind of doing some of our announcements and stuff. That was your your first time to come up and do that. Yeah, yeah. Good job. You did great. Hey, uh, congregation, will you you pray with me, with Jed? God, thank you so much for Jed. Again, I just thank you that you brought him here. I thank you, God, that that you used a a friend that was positively, powerfully annoying to him to get him to come and sit in church for a few weeks. And I thank you, God, that your spirit got a hold of him, that you used us, the people here, to draw him in. And you, by your Holy Spirit, has done just a wonderful work of transformation, restoration in his life. 
I thank you, God, like he said, it's not about looking back at the past and licking our wounds and picking at those old scabs. It's just like, let the past be the past. I'm moving forward. I thank you for that spirit that's about him. I thank you, God, that's really a spirit of our church, too. We're going to look forward with optimism and faith because there's a big, vast life ahead of every single one of us and purpose for us. So God bless Jed. God just continued to heal his body. I know since his injury recently and work and everything, I just pray for you just to to, to heal him and, um, and minister your life and strength to him. And God, let your life just continue to flow through him to the lives of many others. In Jesus' name, amen. Jed Carpenter, awesome. Thank you, sir. God bless you. God bless you. You're awesome. Wow, you know, um, we all need each other, and we all need Jesus. Would you guys close your eyes for just a moment and focus internally? If you want to know this Jesus that we've been talking about and you want a clean slate, you're ready to live your life with a renewed sense of purpose, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond. And as I do that, I want you to listen to the words of Jesus himself. I want you to listen to his invitation to you. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you and keep company with me, and you're going to learn to live freely and lightly. That's his invitation to you. If you want to be included in this closing prayer and make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, I'm going to ask you to do one thing. Just simply lift your hand so I can pray with you now. Would you just lift your hand? You want Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life. You want to follow him today. Please lift your hand for me. I want to pray with you. Thank you. Will you guys stand, please? Every one of you stand. And if you raised your hand, I'm going to ask you along with this entire congregation of believers to pray these words with me. I want to pray it out loud. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins. I believe you're the son of God. Please forgive my sins. Today I give up my past and I embrace the future that you have for me. I choose to be a part of your church, which is my church, my home. In Jesus' name, amen.